Yeah, we may not be young, we may not be pretty, we may not be right good. But we're here. We're live. And for one night only, we're going for the full Monty. TGIF, it's Manson Mitchell with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to jumpstart your weekend. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. I'm Gary Mans. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We are glad to be with you on this Friday, unless you're at the bottom of the world, in which case it's Saturday, early morning hours. More on that in a moment. But in Seattle, it is 10.03 a.m. Pacific time, and that means bad boy Benny Mathers is at the board doing his thing. Benny, how are you today? Doing awesome. I'm glad I'm actually where I am, and you are where you are. I don't want to see your full Monty. Uh, it might be a wonderful sight or a sight for sore eyes. I don't really know which. It, right. It's just a matter of whom you ask. Yeah, right? For sure. We are so happy to have you with us, ladies and gentlemen. This is a special day for us because Suzanne and I, one time previously, and shame on us for only reaching out one time. I mean, I know. I had to apologize. We have met so many mediums stateside but there are people we have, and it's, it's not simply within the mediumship itself, but across the metaphysical spectrum, let's say. There are so many people we have been delighted to interview. We feel like they're the friends we have yet to meet, but not in this case, not because she isn't delightful, but because we actually met Alice Terry and her wonderful husband. They were in Seattle. I, I don't recall exactly what the circumstances were, but I think we met them at a the Boeing parapsychology uh, fair, which then was taken over by Emerald Spiral. So that's some inside knowledge there. Bottom line is we made the acquaintance of Alice Terry. We were so impressed with her and her personality, the way she puts herself out there, that we invited her to be on the show. And she was exactly one time previous to today. She lives in the south of Australia. She's up at, and don't ask me to explain it, Alice would have to figure this out for us, it's about 3.30 a.m. tomorrow where Alice is in South Australia via Skype, and she is going to join us for some Q&A about mediumship and about something that she founded. I'm going to let her tell you that story. It's, it's a wonderful challenge and journey led by Alice Terry. I have some mad props here. Why little, don't you read those? A little PR writing, and let's bring her on because we want to make time available. Heads up, everyone. In the second half hour of this broadcast, you will have the opportunity to receive the benefit of Alice Terry's mediumship all the way from South Australia to where you are, and spirit is everywhere anyway. When Suzanne gives out the numbers, please avail yourselves of this golden opportunity to talk to an internationally acclaimed medium and see what message might await you from the other side. In the meantime, know this. Alice Terry devotes her mediumship practice to healing and helping a worldwide clientele. In addition to finding comfort, sometimes after years of being unable to move forward following the death of someone close, people emerge full of inspiration from reconnecting with their dreams, rediscovering their potential, and realizing what their life could become. Alice provides strength and encouragement to those she meets every day, true to her calling of teaching that life is all about love. 
And this hour, we're all about Alice. Terry, Alice, we're so delighted that you were willing to sacrifice some sleep and join us via Skype from Australia. Welcome. Hi. Excuse me. I went all groovy. Hi, guys. Hello. And <laughs> thank sacrifice you. some sleep. Yes, and no, thank you good. for getting up in the middle of the night the way you did to be with us. Way, way <laughs> south. Way, way, way south. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was lovely. My husband set three alarms, bless him. Oh. <laughs> he made sure you showed up. Yes, bless him indeed. Three arms and an elbow. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Alice, oh, I dear. wanted to, right at the outset, because it's going to be in the back of my mind and yours, if we don't get to it right away, I want people to know that you have founded something called Online Spiritual Boot Camp, it's a multi-week journey, a very special event. I don't know how often you provide this, or what the terms are, but this is your opportunity to tell people around the world what it is you have founded. Okay, cool. Um, it's actually a 10-week um, journey back to you, and there's lots of people acclaimed to say, oh, come and do this and find you and come and do that, etc. But um, I was I was in New Zealand because I used to used to live there and I was I was with a friend and she was talking about doing a, an exercise boot camp and we were in her car we were driving around I was doing some live shows in New Zealand and I just looked at her across the car and I said imagine if I did a boot camp online all the people that want to have so much of a part of me think of all the people I could help and she almost stopped the car and went oh my gosh that's such a good idea and suddenly it, um, online spiritual boot camp my guides or the invisible world that I deal with, suddenly all this information started being downloaded from all the workshops that I've done in person um, on how I could do it. And then when I flew back to Australia and I downloaded everything to Martin, my husband, the pair of us just sat down and just wrote this 10-week program. Um, and he brought in all his parts because he's a holistic life coach and an energy practitioner. So he brought in all his parts and I brought in all my parts. And we have this 10-week journey that takes you through your energy systems or your chakras, but it makes it very, very down to earth. And the difference between our workshop and anyone else's is that we're actually there to hold your hand. We're not just saying, there's the package, off you go, you go do it. We're actually there with you. You get live Q&A with us. We're, we're there to answer your questions. There's exercises nearly every day. It takes you right out of your comfort zone. It takes you to places emotionally that some people have never been since they were children or, you know, whatever. And it really just, you know, after and, and the 10 weeks really sets um, new foundations and clears so much clutter because you know what it's like. We, we all carry so much clutter and um, we do them four times a year. But due to COVID, we've actually done it uh, twice this year. But next year, the next one is due to start in January. So the advertising and promotion will be coming out for that soon. We limit the number so that you get that real intimate specialist um, treatment with us and that real one-on-one -on -one time. And uh, yeah, so it's it's a wonderful journey. There's heaps written about it on my website. We've got reviews. It's on my Facebook page. So aliceterry.com, really easy. And if you want to register, I suggest you get in quick. Well, thank you for letting us know that. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that necessity is the mother of invention. And with the pandemic, you, people are making much better use of the technology that was put in place before the pandemic. So it's great that you can use that. And, and that brings me to ask you, since we're all about the pandemic here, 
We have four yeah. to five percent of the world's population and about 20 percent of the deaths. How is the pandemic doing where you are? Um, to be honest, South Australia is doing fantastic. We have been so lucky and we're so grateful. Um, Melbourne, Victoria, obviously has has been it's been horrific, really horrible for them. They've been they're still in lockdown. They're starting to come out now. Uh, but South Australia, where I am, we've been really blessed. Um, it's it's a different way to live. You know, there's there's a lot of our favourite restaurants and cafes that have not, you know, they've not survived. But I think what we've really felt is the real resilience. The thing about South Australians and the thing about Australians in general are they they maybe we maybe are at the bottom of the world, you know, or the you know the other side of the world, but we're so resilient, and that resilience has really come across so strongly. Um, and everybody's it's brought us all together as a community. Everyone's really going right. Let's um, you know bring more business back to Australia. Let's keep everything local. Let's remind us what made Australia you know great. And I think that's what all countries are really going to do. But I mean, we're living really freely. I mean, our children were only off school for a couple of weeks, and you know, we the only stores that we have to wear masks are things like um, I, I better not say it probably, but a really high profile technology shop that everyone has. We uh, we have to wear masks going in there. There's certain places we've still got our temperature tested. But to be honest, it's you know, we we still maintain social distancing and we sanitize everywhere. But it doesn't really feel we're very, very lucky here. So I really feel for you. I mean, my sister is in Seattle and she's a school teacher and it's been tough. I know it really has. Um, so yeah, we've been really lucky down here. I'm very grateful to be here. I did want to ask you, because I know that our friends in Seattle are probably wondering, you don't sound so Australian. <laughs> <laughs> that lovely brogue there. You seem to have lived in a lot of places, Alice, and I'm detecting a wee bit of Scotland when you talk. And tell us a little bit about that. You seem very well-traveled. I am, actually. Yeah, I'm very lucky to have traveled as far as I have. So I, I was born in Scotland, so this is a Scottish accent. And I left Scotland in my very early 20s and went and moved down to England um, and lived there for quite a number of years and met my husband. And then from there, we traveled quite extensively. We lived in South Africa, actually, where with work. I was in the corporate corporate world then, lived in South Africa for a long time, traveled to a lot of places um, while we did that. Um, I actually traveled extensively throughout Australia and New Zealand in 2000. Um, we um, did the camper van bit, which everyone should do. And when I when I eventually retire, I'm going to come and do it around America. That's that's on my bucket list or my to do list. Um, so yeah, and um, I moved from. So we, we were in Australia for a year, and then we went. We got engaged, went back home, got married, lived down in England for quite a bit, um, and then decided, you know what, we really liked Australia. Um, but I was actually too old. My husband actually was too old for us to move to Australia. So we thought, well, we love New Zealand. Let's go to New Zealand. So we went to New Zealand. It all happened very quickly. So there's a lot of divine intervention for us. Went to New Zealand and absolutely loved it. We lived in the North Island, then moved to the South Island. Beautiful place. My heart, part of my heart will always be there because it's just stunning. And I think everybody on the planet should visit New Zealand and Australia. Um, they really are the best kept secrets. And um, unfortunately, um, we had all the earthquakes in Christchurch, and that was really difficult to live with, really difficult. So uh, after two and a bit years of 
we'd been in New Zealand nearly five years, but after two and a bit years of living with all the continual aftershocks and everything else and our children not coping and, you know, it's just, it's just, it was a really hard way to live in the beginning. And uh, we decided that um, we, I was getting more and more work in Australia and we decided to move to Australia because we'd become Kiwis uh, citizens. So it was easier for us to do that. Um, but yeah, when we go back to New Zealand, it still feels like home. Having said that, we lived in Melbourne for a few years and then eventually we've moved to the beach in South Australia nearly five years ago now. Gosh, actually, time flies. Um, we're lovely. It's lovely. We're a seven minute walk from, you know, some of the most deserted beaches on the planet. We're so lucky. Um, and it, it's just beautiful. I actually have relatives that live here. My cousin lives here. Um, and it's been wonderful to have some family close by, too. And I hope that one day my sister will be able to come and visit me. So, yeah, that's kind of um, what where I've lived really and I'm really lucky and I've never ever lost my Scottish accent although if you speak to my mum or my brother um, <laughs> they sound slightly different to me <laughs> my, my accent has definitely softened unless I speak to them <laughs> well I would expect that after all the places that you've lived <laughs> and mostly all English speaking places as well when you were talking about um, the resilience of the Australian people I have not been to New Zealand or Australia, so everything I know about that is is what I see on the travel logs on television. It seems as though um, when you're talking about the resilience of the Australian people, that it's a very hard place to live. It's not easy because of all the poisonous critters, the snakes, the spiders, all that kind of stuff that it seems to no. me you don't have in New Zealand. I mean, is New Zealand free of a lot of the stuff that is in Australia? The nasties, as they're called. <laughs> Look, let, let's just get this into perspective, okay? How often do you see a rattlesnake in America? Personally, no. Once I, a year. I don't think that I've ever been in the I've presence seen, of I've one. seen rattlesnakes. Have you? In okay. Florida, of course. Right, okay. I mean, we've got... So it, yeah, well, exactly. It's like that in Australia. Um, in New Zealand, there is nothing that... There's no critter that can kill you in New Zealand, okay? That's the big difference. There's a white... There's a white... Um, there's a spider with, like, a white back, and it can give you a nasty nip, but it won't kill you. Whereas in Australia, yes, we have spiders that, you know, you have to catch if they bite you and go to the hospital. And we have spy, uh, snakes that can kill you, brown snakes. And at the moment, there's a lot, there are brown snakes around. We have sharks in the ocean. But do you know what? You know, the, the stats on the people that are killed by brown snakes and, and sharks, you know, they're really not that high. So the, a lot of people have this misconception that, oh, you know, Australia, there's so many things can kill you. You just got to be a little bit more aware, but you know what? It's okay. You know, you, you can survive. I, I, I haven't, I think I've seen one brown snake in the five years that I've lived here. Um, and it's not like they're, they're doing a party waiting for you so they can bite you. You know, they're more afraid of you, all these things. I mean, the, the redback spiders, they hide in all your wood piles. So you just make sure you wear your gloves. Um, and uh, the funnel web spiders that are in them, um, Sydney, you know, you, you just have due diligence and you make sure that you just have a look at your um, round, because they, they mainly hang around the pool. I mean, you know, clever spiders. Um, and you just make sure that you check your garden furniture. So it's just an awareness, but they're not like in your face all the time going, we're going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think because I would, if I lived in Australia, I mean, just reading it from the, the, the popular, I, won't, I don't want to say misconception, <laughs> but the stereotype, I suppose, of all the so-called nasties, which is an Australian term for them. I would be nervous all the time. <laughs> nah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Guy and told it depends me, where you live. 
Sorry. I had somebody who told me, I said, I'd like to see Australia someday. And he just said, be careful where you walk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you just you just have to be sensible. If you're going for a walk in the bush, you just don't go in the long grass unless you've got your boots on and your long trousers. You know, it's really not difficult. But, you know, and if, and there's, um, there's uh, shark planes that fly over in the summer all the time. And if there's a shark site, I mean, they have shark nets in, um, you know, some of the, like in Bondi Beach and in Western Australia, I think, etc. Um, we don't have them here in, in uh, South Australia. We, we have the sharks, but we don't have the nets. But um, there's shark planes that fly overhead all the time in the summer when, you know, all the families are out. And if the shark alarm goes off, you just get out the water. You know, it's fine. It's happened a couple of times. And it is a bit like, oh, wow, there's a shark there. But then I just sort of think, well, that's Mother Nature. and We're not hurting the, the shark. Because at the end of the day, you know, the shark is in their natural habitat. It's us that are going into their habitat. We're, you know, there shouldn't be an inconvenience to us. We're an inconvenience to them because we're going in their habitat. So, you know, there's, there's plenty of things in place to keep you safe, Gary. You'll be fine, I promise. <laughs> we were uh, given that same piece of information when we went to Yellowstone National Park and when we were at the entrance and showing our cards to get in and all of that, they said, this is the home of the animals who live here. You're the visitor. So, you yeah. know, be respectful of the of the critters that live here and, uh, you know, don't bother them. And, and of course, there are laws. They, they say don't molest the uh, bears and, and, you know, the buffalo, the bison. Yeah. And, and yeah. so I, I understand that, you know, we're sharing this planet and it doesn't really belong to us. It belongs to everybody. So living in it peace was, and harmony. And it was really beautiful the other day. My son is now old enough, our oldest is, to learn to drive. And we, we, we went out for a drive up in the hills um, the other weekend and all of a sudden, all the cars had come to a stop. And you're in virtually the middle of nowhere. And all these cars had come to a stop. And my son said, oh, what do I do? And we're like, well, you stop. <laughs> and what's going on? What's going on? And then with this car, had its hazard lights on. And there was a koala on the road. And it was helping this koala across the road. And it was fantastic. Wow. You know, it was actually, oh. Everybody stopped to get the koala off the road. Because we love our wildlife, you know. And the koala, we, everybody in the cars, we watched it going across the road and up its gum tree. And we were all so excited because they're such beautiful, beautiful animals. And, it and was gentle. Great. It was, yeah, gosh, yeah. Well, they're, they're quite vicious if you do it in the wrong, you know, they've got really sharp claws. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're not, it's not going to attack you. It, it, you know, you just help it across the road. And that, that's what people do over here. They will literally stop when, they, you know, when, they, when it's possible and safe to do so. And it was great. My kids and I were just like, oh, it's climbing up the tree. And if I could have got my camera quick enough, I would have, you know. So, yeah. Let me let me take a, and I know I have to drive on the on the other side of the road down in Australia. Make sure I keep my head on straight here. I, <laughs> Alice, I wanted to ask you before we start to allow people to call in for messages. We're enjoying this Australia travel log yeah, yeah, yeah. in New Zealand. It's just fun. <laughs> I, I love being able to talk to you about this. And I had one more Australia related question because a lot of us around the world have been concerned. But then I'll, I'll touch on something metaphysical, and then we want to invite the callers. But let me ask you about this. I would be remiss if I did not. How did you fare, and with the hardiness of the Australian people, the character of Australia, how are you coping with that unbelievable chain of fire, a ring of fire around the Australian continent that you had to deal with a couple of years ago? How are all of you dealing with it today? 
It was actually last summer, um, and it was it was really awful. Um, there's a beautiful part of South Australia called Kangaroo Island. Um, we actually haven't been yet, and it, we actually had our ferries and everything booked to go. Um, and it's just devastating. I mean, I think it was, I can't remember the exact stats, but it's almost like half of Kangaroo Island was destroyed. Uh, and there was so, there's been so much of Australia destroyed. But I think what a year on, when you see all the forests that were destroyed and wildlife that were just, you know, devastated, it's amazing the new growth that's starting already. The forest is like, you know, there's, there's greenery coming back already. But I think the most devastating thing of all is the, how many koalas we've actually lost. Mm. Um, and that if we don't do something to protect them even more, we will actually not have koalas. I can't remember what the exact date was. Let's say it was 2050. They'll be extinct, which oh, is my. really devastating because that is the one of the icons, you know, that and kangaroos. But I mean, we had something like, I think it was 15,000 people from the RSPCA volunteers went over to Kangaroo Island to actually just feed the wildlife because there was no food for them. So everybody from the mainland, from South Australia, we were, you know, they were just putting bucket loads of vegetables together and they were actually going and feeding the wildlife. And there's all these beautiful images of the kangaroos taking the sweet potatoes and, you know, all the food that was that was given just, um, yeah. And and we were actually watching a programme last night and I'll be very quick because I know that we have to we have to move on. But the programme last night was showing that we have an, an animal over here called a wombat. And they're just amazing and they, they burrow underground and they're huge. I can't think what animal they'd be similar to over there off the top of my head, but they're beautiful animals. Um, and these wombats were actually taking other animals into their burrows when the fires were going on. Oh my gosh. Wow. That. Oh my I gosh. Know. <laughs> that is and really it, wonderful. Oh, it's just, it's, oh, I feel really tearful just talking about it because it was just like, wow, look at mother nature. It can share too. So yeah. Oh, that is amazing. And God bless the koalas. Uh, I don't even want to contemplate what it would mean for them to disappear. And with it, the the challenge, if I understand it correctly, is compounded by the fact that when you have so much foliage, so many trees and bushes burning around Australia, you're going to, to lose a lot of the koala's diet. Don't they subsist mainly on eucalyptus leaves? Yes, yeah, they do. Yeah, and here you yeah, have the fire consuming just millions of acres of foliage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why wherever it was, people were just, I mean, I have um, five gum trees in my garden, you know, and we were just like, can you use this one? You know, and we were all having our trees trimmed because that's that's good fire safety too, right? Yep, you, you know, you have to look after the trees on your property. And everyone was just like donating like mad to, you know, all these uh, to all the, the places where the koalas had gone to be saved. And there was pictures of firefighters actually holding the koalas and the koalas were burnt and it was uh, oh. giving them water. It was just, um, the, again, the resilience and the, the love and the care was just huge. It was it was devastating, but again, it just brought it brings everyone together. You know, a real community of a country this size. It's just amazing. And of course, we had firefighters from America, from Canada, firefighters from everywhere came over and helped and even even during the earthquakes in new zealand we had firefighters from canada and america and um, came over to help rescue people and i think that's when you really i think that's what the pandemic is is hard for everyone because we're all having to be individual countries when we're used to going you need help right we're coming we'll give you our helpers you know at your time when you've got your forest fires i know australia helped when there's been california as well and then um, that's the pandemic's really stopped all that hasn't it 
Well, it's yeah. messed up. I was I was stunned when you said it was last summer. It the pandemic for us, because a lot of us are, are not, if not exactly housebound, we stick close to home, <clears throat> yeah. and it distorts time. I would have thought we were talking about an event massive as it was and so memorable a couple of years ago. But it does it messes with your mind when you're inside a lot, just trying to stay safe and and taking life in through television and online. And the world's going on around you with various degrees of threat. And here you had this mortal threat to Australia just last summer. I'm I'm so relieved that Australians are doing as well as they are. And I can always count from my uh, various friendships with Australian people going back decades. There's a hardiness and there's also a fatalism that it does. It takes a lot to throw an Aussie because you, you deal with the bare facts of living on a very changeable, volatile planet when you're in Australia. And it's just part of the, the hardiness in the soul of every Australian to deal with something that seems overwhelming when it's happening, but then you detach, decide what to do, and very pragmatically address the problem, whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, 100%. Alice, we're going to be going to a break in a couple of minutes, and you have graciously said that you would take some callers in the second half of the show, which we are very happy about. Before we go to the break, in just a, a brief couple of minutes, I want you to talk a little bit about your mediumship and maybe what you would like from our callers. We generally announce everybody with a name and where they're calling from. But is there anything else that you would like? Would you like them to have a question? Do you need any additional information other than their name and where they're from? So talk a little bit about that. I think a question is always helpful, especially when I can't see um, people. Uh, I, I use video calling for because I am international and I do work worldwide now and I'm really grateful that I can. And I use I do a lot of video calling. And a lot of people think, oh, how can you do it over video? Because it's just energy. So when I can see someone, I do see the soul. I do see right into them. And, you know, it's wonderful. So when I'm doing a bit of radio, it's helpful because I can't actually see that person. I'm just feeling the vibration. It's actually helpful to have a question. Um, one thing that's important to me is I, I never want to have too much information because there's so much bad press about you know, people who are reading people and, you know, I'm just not interested that, you know, I just come from the heart and I don't care. Um, but a question is always really good from the caller to say the name really clearly, because if their loved ones are around me, which they always are, um, it's it's whenever the loved one who's standing behind me and around me hears their loved one on the other side's name, their energy and their vibration goes, oh, you've got Susan or, oh, you've got, you know, Gary. Oh, great. I'm going to, you know, right. And their vibration goes up. Therefore, my vibration goes up. So a question allows me to get to the heart of the matter really fast, um, as opposed to me being tested and having to guess, because we all know I can do this. So just give me your question and we'll see what comes. Straightforward. I love it. That is excellent. And we have a couple of people waiting already, a couple of lines open. Because they know our numbers. But we're going to give them anyway, we're give Suzanne. Them anyway. You can call from anywhere to area code 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527. If you're in Western Washington, additionally, there's a toll-free number at one 298 5527 Six, nine. We're going to take our break now. 
fill up those lines. Maybe someone on the other side is waiting to talk to you through the good offices of Alice Terry, our honored guest of this hour. We are Manson Mitchell, and you are tuned in to Seattle's home of alternative talk, AM 1150. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. No matter who we are or where we come from, we all experience difficulties in life. Military veterans know that sometimes it takes strength and determination to make it through. Whether it's obvious physical challenges or struggles on the inside, it takes strength to ask for help when you need it. I knew that I had to get support, not just for me, but for the sake of my wife and kids. Talking about it has helped me feel more like myself again. Honestly, it was hard to open up at first, but it's changed my life for the better. Learn how veterans like us have reached out for help and hear stories of strength and recovery at maketheconnection.net. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcome Alice Terry, international psychic medium from Australia and founder of Online Spiritual Boot Camp, who will take calls in the second half of the hour. On Saturday, Matt Swain makes his debut with great stories from his book, Haunted Rails. Halloween spookiness leaves the station early this year. Bringing you fascinating talk one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Manson (laughs) Mitchell and our very special guest here this hour, Alice Terry from Down Under. She is Skyping in from Australia. Suzanne said to me this morning, Okay, so what bumper music should we use? And I'm in the living room. I yell out, "Men at work, down under." That's a little Fantastic. on the nose, but nevertheless. Oh, it's brilliant! It made me laugh. Thank you. I want to make sure that we give out all of your contact information and about your uh, spiritual um, 
uh, boot camp, which is coming mm -hmm. back in January. But for right now, since we have people waiting, let me just say that your website is aliceterry.com, A-L-I-C-E-T-E-R-R-Y, aliceterry.com. People can get all the information there. And before we end this hour, we will be sure to give out the information again. How's that, Alice? Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> okay. Our first caller is Kenny from Issaquah. Say hello to uh, Alice Terry, Kenny. Yes, hello. Hi, Alice. Hi, Kenny. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you. How can I help you? Um, you know, as uh, as we all been going through this 2020 year, we're all experiencing a bunch of uh, different uh, things. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I've experienced uh, experienced some loss this year and I was just trying to see if uh, somebody or anybody can come through and uh, see if uh, anything can be had from that. Sure. Now, I think it's important for everyone to remember that it's not always the person that you want to come through straight away that comes through when you when you speak to a medium. Sometimes it's someone else who you'll go, oh, that's not who I wanted. So try not to lose the vibration if it's not that person right away. It just means that that person is opening the door. They're more experienced in spirit. So they're going, all right, Kenny wants to speak to whoever it is. I'm, I'm going to come in to get that link going. And then the person that you really want sometime, you know, will come in after. But we also have to remember that they're not always on tap. And um, so, again, sometimes we don't always get who we want. But uh, let's just all, all I do know, Kenny, is that I have a lady here who says she's grandma. Um, I don't think that's what you called her, but that's what I'm going to call her. And she feels like she's a very little lady and she feels like she has very um, she may have worn her hair in a bun, a very typical kind of bun. But she's definitely got rounded shoulders. And I think that she she feels like she lived in quite a remote part of um of the world it doesn't look like anywhere that i recognize um, and it also feels a bit dusty i don't understand but hopefully kenny you might understand that she's a really she's a really kind-hearted lady beautiful soul really kind-hearted um, but she feels like she wants to um i feel like she wants to shake you but in a nice way i feel like she wants to say to you you know you can't be downhearted about this you've got to stay strong you know the, the loss that you've had um, is the loss of the physical, but it's not the loss of the soul. And she's saying, Kenny, you know what? You know that. You remember that. Can you understand this lady that I'm tuning into, Kenny? Uh, yes, I do. Not, um, not too uh, familiar, but um, I'm just trying to search through memories and things like that and, and uh, uh, trying she to has a, pinpoint this. She's a beautiful smile, a beautiful smile. She has eyes like your mom. I'm feeling that she's, she's on mom's side of the family. And I feel that oh, okay. you've got mum's eyes as well. Um, she, she's a really, really lovely lady. Um, I feel like you may have lost a, a friend uh, recently, someone maybe a similar age to you. Can you understand that? Uh, sure, yes. Okay, and it feels like that was a male rather than a female? Um, yes. Okay, I actually because I actually feel like I have this ma this man standing behind me now, and I feel like he's quite tall, and he looks quite quite well dressed. Like I don't know whether this is a joke because he wasn't like that in the real life, but he's going well. I had to put on my Sunday suit to come and talk to you today. He's got quite a cheeky sense of humour. Can you understand that? Oh yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> and he smells really nice. It's like, look, I tell him I pulled out all the stops. I, I made a real effort to come and say hi. Um, and again, oh, okay. he also he also wants to say to you that 
kind of, you know, they really want you to not put your life on hold. And I know that's difficult because of everything, you know, you're all going through at the moment. But in terms of your grief, um, it's okay to grieve and, and however you're grieving is right for you. But remember, you are still alive and they are still around you. And your loved ones will always give you signs and in the most unexpected places. Some of the signs I've had over the years have just been, you know, really like, wow, I never saw that coming. And I'm a medium. Um, so look, look for the, don't look for the obvious, look for the unobvious. However, 11-11 uh, is the best sign to see. When you see 11-11 on your phone, on your oven timer, on your microwave, whatever it is, 11-11 is the easiest way for spirit to say, you know what, Kenny, whatever you're thinking about right now, I am right here and I am totally supporting you. And he, he says to me, can you please start smiling? Because when you smile, Kenny, all that weight that's on your shoulders lifts just a little bit more so find the joy in every day find a little bit to be grateful for every day and even if it's just the fact the sky was blue at least it's a start but he just wants you to find that joy as does this grandmother type energy as well because i think that you you are a really upbeat person kenny and it's time to you know find that within yourself again because the you know the world is a is a, is a beautiful place when you find the joy and it's time. I know loss is hard, trust me, I really do. But when you find the joy, you'll also find the loss closer, if that makes sense. Yes, all right. Well, thank you very much. I truly appreciate it. Thank you for phoning in. Thank you, you for calling, day. Kenny. We appreciated hearing from Kenny. Very good. Who do we have next? We have Amy calling from Seattle. And that sounds like a familiar name. Have you called recently, Amy? Um, last year. All right. Well, Recent thank enough. you. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking with Alice Terry. So say hello. And if you have a question for her, now's I the did. time. Hi, Alice. Hi, Amy. Um, Hi. I've had some health issues for a year or two. And anybody from the other side with a message? Okay, so when you say you've had some health issues and um, you're looking just to see if someone from the other side is going to give you some inspiration yeah. on that? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so those health issues have been concerned around your heart. Can you understand that? Um, well, below the heart. Right, okay, okay, that's fine. Um, so I feel that I have a man in spirit and I feel like this man is connected to, I don't know whether it's husband or whether it's dad's side of the family. Not, I think I've actually got both. Um, and, I, and I honestly feel that what you're doing, I've been told to tell you what you're doing is absolutely right. It's absolutely bang on the money. You've not to change what you're doing. Um, the diet that you're following is good for you. Um, the, the healthy stuff that you're having is right for you. I feel like you've really got the balance right, Amy. And I feel like, you know, stop, I feel like I'm being told to tell you to stop tweaking it just a bit too much because you've actually got the bare bones of it right. Um, they do know what they're dealing with and they are, they are fixing it for you. Um, and I think you're doing better than your mind is telling you. Remember, our mind is a really powerful thing and our our thoughts control everything that's going on. So if we believe that what we're doing is is good for us and it's right, then it will be right for us. You know, even even so much as to when someone has like a bar of chocolate and they go, oh, I really shouldn't be eating this. It's full of sugar. It's really bad for me. Your body instantly goes, oh, right, you're giving me something that's bad for me. Okay, so I don't know what to do with that. Right, okay. Whereas if you, if you indulge in a couple of squares of chocolate, you know, all the listeners, and you say, this is the really good chocolate and I love it and I'm going to have it tonight because I really enjoy it 
your body go, relaxes and goes, okay, I can do that every now and again. So your mind will do whatever, uh, your body will do whatever your mind tells it to. So in terms of yourself right now, the ailment that you have going on, Amy, the more positivity that you can give it and the more you realize that you're living with it um, and focus on the things that you can do, the better you're actually going to feel. Amy, can you connect with a husband in spirit? He feels like quite, he's really quite insistent. Um, there was a boyfriend, not a husband, but there's boyfriend in spirit, yes. Okay, I think he should have been your husband, to be honest, <laughs> if that if that makes sense. I think oh, that sure. I think maybe, perhaps one of his um, sad, sadnesses or, or regrets is that he couldn't be your know, your husband. That time ran out, maybe. Um, but he's uh, he definitely he definitely feels very close to you, as if there was a real. Um, as, as if it's time missed, you know, as if there was time wasted and time missed. But he does say, we'll get that chance again. We'll get that chance again. And he's actually quite adamant about that. But he just wants you to remain positive. Okay. Okay? That's wonderful. Thank no you. worries. Thank you. No worries. Thank you for calling in. Thank you, Amy. Very good. Um, our next caller here is Pat from Kenmore. Pat, say hello to Alice Terry. And do you have a question for her? Yes. Hi, Alice, and hi, Suzanne and Gary. And the other one. For a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, Alice. Um, I have a daughter that's uh, been over in Australia for about a year and four months. She was supposed to come back uh, quite a while ago, but she's having trouble with all the traveling. And um, she's in Canberra. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves, yeah, she loves it over there, but... She's trying to make arrangements through Air New Zealand to come back and is nervous about the travel and uh, where she's going to stay. So I'm trying to see what you see about that and then anything else around us. Um, look, I she's had a great time, but she's had enough. She is ready to come home. I can totally see that. And she's fed up waiting. Uh, she doesn't feel unsafe where she is, but she just wants to get home to her family, which is understandable. Um, I actually, I'm really, really hopeful that she'll be home by Christmas. That's what it feels like to me. There is a real, um, there's an ending of one situation um, and a result of another situation for her, which is telling me that, you know, this should all be resolved by December. Just make sure that when she does come home that she doesn't rush into anything. She really needs to give herself some time, time to readjust and time to settle down because life is very different um, in a, from the America that she left, it's very, you know, very different to how it is. I mean, Canberra, you know, is is opened up again now, I believe, and it, life is is going to be very different for her. Air New Zealand are a fantastic airline. I always choose Air New Zealand, and um, when I fly to visit my sister in Seattle, because they're amazing. So she, you know, they will be on top of everything. The Kiwis are like that; they are just uh, they're all over it. So she really shouldn't worry flying with them. She, I honestly, that's a great airline to be with. Um, I think that as long as she, if you can just remind her to her whole trip away, remind her to focus on the things that she's loved about it, the good memories, the friends, the all the joy it's brought her. And that's this is like the third caller we're talking about remembering the joy. And I think for a lot of people out there that are you know going through the pandemic, well, all of us that are going through this pandemic at the moment, is to remember the you know come back to centre. Come back to your to present to what's going on right at this moment in this time. Things that bring you joy um, throughout the day. It, you know, my son was very excited yesterday because mangoes have come back in season, and he's he loves his mangoes. 
you know, and he's been saying, oh, when will they be in season? And we don't know because of the fires and everything last year, but they're in season again now. And he came home with these two great big mel- um, mangoes. And he, so he's found joy, you know, so find, even finding joy in little things like that. If your daughter can do that, all the things that she hasn't tasted in Australia yet, while she, instead of waiting and waiting and waiting for this ticket, waiting to come home, just reminding her to find joy because she might, she might decide never to come back. So what has she not tried in Canberra that she can try? Um, but she will be home and it really feels like she'll be home by Christmas. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, she's flown flew over there on Air New Zealand, and she has a friend that really wants to come with her or she wants to um, go to uh, B.C. instead of being transported to another state. And I am hoping they will open up. Maybe they can come together because she's been close to him. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. It's, it doesn't feel like she's alone. It doesn't, you know, it, it, feel, it feels good. She just needs to keep focusing on the good. Um, you know, mind over matter and keep those thoughts positive. That's what everyone can do at the moment. The media are so full of doom and gloom, and that's their job, right? Some of the media anyway, not us on here, of course. Um, <clears throat> but the more positive and, up, you know, the more positive and the more, up mark, you know, uh, uh, happier we are, and that's what we create within our lives. When Princess Diana was killed, there was, um, there was an upsurge, and when 9-11 happened, there was an upsurge in empathy and the vibration of the planet actually shifted. So if we remember that, imagine what empathy and kindness and cooperation um, together can actually do to get us through this collaboration, to get, to get us through this pandemic. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. I, um, how about my health around my heart and things like that? And I'm... Every day I say prayer and positive affirmations, you know, to Good. my family and ones I've lost also. Yeah, um, I, I know that the mum walks with you every day. Um, whenever you're in the kitchen, mum's in the kitchen. Whenever you're making a hot drink, mum's mum's around you. I know that mum's around you a lot. Um, and I know that you, you, you sense that there are people around you. Take comfort in that. None of us know how long we've got, um, and it would be awful to think, "Oh, right, I've got ten, I've got ten minutes left." Right, oh, I've got a hundred things to do. You know, all we can do is enjoy the time that we have. And I think as long as you're doing what your doctors are telling you, and as long as you're doing what you metaphysically know will help you, so that energetically you're keeping yourself clear and clean and healthy and balanced, um, Pat, that's the best that you can do. And I feel that you are. But keep those thoughts positive, my angel. That would be a really good thing to do. And know that mum, that I think grandpa might actually be there too, mum's dad as well, uh, that, yeah, he, I think he might have smoked a pipe or he definitely smoked a lot, um, they're definitely they're definitely around you and look after you mum holds your hand often in bed when you're sleeping oh yeah, I feel like she is my spirit guide and my husband passed six uh, years ago so I always talk to him too nice, well you keep doing that because they're absolutely listening to you sweetheart Pat, thank you, thank you so much. That was wonderful. That was a great call. I enjoyed that. I did too. Uh, we have one more caller, and it will be the last caller that we take today. But before we take the caller, I just wanted to say one more time about your website, being alisterry.com, if people would like to look you up. And they may want to join your 10-week spiritual boot camp 
and you said that is starting in January, but they can sign up going to your website. Is that right, Alice? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And of course, you can also um, watch me on my Facebook page. I do a live show every Monday night. My husband and I do a show called Ask Us um, and that's recorded live. So you can, you know, you can watch it back. Um, and you just go to um, at Alice Terry Psychic Medium, and that's how you'll find me on Facebook as well. And and everything that I do is always on there. And there's lots of things that I do for my my followers. Ask, uh, at, ask at, Alice. At, at, so at, at Alice, Alice Terry Terry Psychic Medium. Psychic Medium. Next time you're on with us, we're going to play Go Ask Alice. Okay, and that that's, and that's right. on. And that's on Facebook. Okay, I wanted to make yeah. sure we gave out your contact information because I think there will be people wanting to contact you. We're doing a booming business in Issaquah. We are. We have another <laughs> caller from Issaquah, and her name is Cynthia. Cynthia, please say hello to Alice Terry, and do you have a question for her? Hi, thanks for taking my call. I understand I'm the last person. Um, thank you, Alice. Um, the question okay. I have kind of... Uh, Kind of basic there's been a lot of change in my life as everybody else but um i want to know if i have a lot of people on the other side if uh, i should pursue to making jewelry as a business on some level you know i get asked questions a lot of questions like this not specifically about jewelry cynthia but i get a, i get asked a lot of questions like that and my answer is always um very similar is your heart in it do you absolutely love what you do? And are you excited by it? Does it make you want to leap out of bed in the morning? Because when you when you put your heart and soul into something and you love it, and you don't have those feelings of fear and scarcity, when you get that balance right, um, you can't help but be successful. But I feel that you've got to do it in, um, in conjunction with something else just to start with. So whether you're dipping your toe in the water with your jewelry, whether this is new for you, it's definitely something you should pursue because I can feel your excitement. I can feel the enthusiasm. I can you know, feel how much you, that my, how much you do love it. But make sure that you have something else that maybe just pays the bills until you get your business to a stage where you don't need to do the other job. Because all that does is it just takes the pressure and the fear of failure away from you. And so do something else part time while you're focusing. So you kind of going to do two jobs. And um, that's how I started out years ago. Um, and it, you know, it, it's a good way to do it. And then eventually you feel like you're really getting somewhere when that other job, you don't have time to do it anymore because your passion has completely taken over and it pays the bills. So that's what I would do. I would do them in conjunction with each other to start with. But if you love it as much as it feels like you do and you're passionate about it, just get it out there to the world. And the world, notice how I said the world, not just America, not just the United States, the world. How does that sound, Cynthia? Do the spirits have anything to say about it? What, to say about, what, about your jewellery in general or to say about what? Is anybody coming forward to say for me to go for it, to go towards it? Well, when, whenever I whenever I talk, it's never just um, Alice Terry. It's always divine counsel. It's always divine guidance. Um, so I, um, I to be honest, I feel like there's a busload behind you. I feel like you've been unfortunate that you've had a lot of people cross over and a lot of people leave you. And I feel like if I picked on just one of them, all the others would be saying, "What about me? What about me? What about me?" And unfortunately, in a column, we only have a limited amount of time. Um, maybe one day, Cynthia, you know, you could actually book in for a session because 
Um, I know that I feel like I've got two grandmothers. I have a, definitely got a grandfather. I've definitely got a, I think it might even be a brother um, that's in spirit. Um, and that's just a handful. You know, there's a few others there too. You have had a lot of loss, but I know that the fact that I feel like I have this busload behind me, they, they are behind you. So absolutely go for it. It doesn't get more clear than a bus telling you to just get on with it. Jump on the bus and go for it, 100%. Okay. Okay. Very good. Thank I like Thanks it. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for calling. Cynthia. Creative self-expression. I love it. It I takes many too. forms, including jewelry. I yes, yes, I do too. And and I like your advice about that. You know, if it if it gets you excited in the morning to jump out of bed, then probably that's what you should be looking at. And I, Alice is not telling you to jump on the bus literally. <laughs> no, it's absolutely not. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, it is interesting when spirits come through that they can come through in groups like that. I, I myself had a reading one time and the medium was counting on his fingers and told me there were either seven or nine people there. He goes, we'll talk to them one at a time. So sometimes yeah. you can get whole big groups of people coming to visit you. I, I had a question. Okay. We've got about two minutes here, so I, I know we have to make it quick. But Alice, with your interactions in the spirit world, when you make that connection, do you hear from souls on the other side that maybe they were married, maybe they were mother and daughter, father and son, and they come together for a purpose that is agreed upon when they come through someone like yourself, but they don't necessarily spend a lot of what we would call time together because everybody's on their own path over there. Is that true? Yeah, that's absolutely bang on. Absolutely. Because when everyone passes over, they go to their own um, idea of heaven. The um, the film that Robin Williams was in, um, What Dreams May Come, is actually really, really well done, apart from the hell bit. That was all Hollywood and made up. But the rest of it is actually really true. Um, you know, you do have your own your own idea of heaven, but the energy, when, when the energy that they've all got in common reaches out, then they'll all come together, a bit like moths to a flame, and they'll all reach out together. And then, but quite often I will see, you know, someone will want to speak to mum or to dad, and they just want to know dad's with them. So mum will come through, first of all, and we'll chat to mum, and then she suddenly puts her hand out, and she's holding hands with, hands with dad. And then, you know, and then I'll say, oh, actually, dad's here as well. So some people actually want to know that mum and dad are together or if, if brother and sister are together or gran and grandpa because they've been separated for such a long time. So that's another reason why they, they will come together for that that person to let them know that, you know, you you know, we never lose touch because we're all connected anyway. Um, you know, so, yeah. So absolutely, Gary, that's exactly what happens in a Quickly. Thank you for that, Alice. It's been such a pleasure. We will not wait so long between visits. We would love to have you back <laughs> anytime you wish to visit. Yes, definitely. The Thank phones you. were ringing before we even gave out the numbers. They were filling up lines. So we, we know we have the right medium here on the line. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alice Terry, for getting up in the middle of the night and being with us. And we do look forward to having you back again. Thank you very much, guys. Always a pleasure. Always. All right. Stay tuned to KKNW. Upcoming next is Christine Upchurch, followed by the Susan Harmon Experience, and then American Road Trip Talk with host Gary Mance. We're going to be previewing the upcoming issue. It's very seasonal, so look for your cornucopia at 1 p.m. Pacific on Trip Talk. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. 
Seattle time. Glad to have you with us. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone.